Hello, everyone, and thanks for coming back to World Forge. World Forge is a podcast by creators and for creators, where we use random prompts to invent just about anything you can imagine. Together, we'll make heroes and villains, ancient monsters and magical cities, and our hope is that we can inspire all the other creators and storytellers out there listening to do the same. So without any further ado, I'm Piper. And I'm Sam. And welcome to World Forge. All right, welcome back, listeners, to a spooky episode. Ooh. Ooh. Welcome to Ghoul Forge. Yeah, uh, sure. Is Go with tentatively that. what we're calling this. <laughs> we're not calling it that for October, but welcome to our first of our spooky Halloween themed episodes of World Forge. Yeah, it's our spooktacular World Forge yes. episode. Uh, we are very excited to have you back for uh, a month of frights and sights and bites <laughs> oh god and... it's not gonna be this bad the whole time i promise <laughs> yeah uh we may have more rhymes we may not but it will be very scary for the next four weeks so yeah uh, bring your adult diapers hey uh, and <laughs> Sam, <laughs> we've, we've got a couple of skeletons in our closet don't we we do have a couple of skellies in our closet are some spooky skellies that are hiding and they're probably ready to jump out and introduce themselves yeah uh, at any moment here what's your name skellies what are your names skellies Come on out. Show yourselves. Well, this skeleton hiding in your closet that comes walking out wearing a nice bowler hat that they found oh, in there. Oh, my God. Yes. What a, what a dapper skeleton. <laughs> uh, my name's Kent Blue. Or, sorry. My name's Kent Blue from the Rotoplay podcast and one third of the Rotoplay network founders, I guess, is what we call ourselves, which yeah. makes me uncomfortable a little bit, but that's okay. Hey, it's a cool title. Own it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tim, I'll toss it to you. Yeah, yeah so other this, this, this other skeleton walks out really upset <laughs> that someone stole his bowler hat and he yeah. grabs it back <laughs> and puts it on his head. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, uh, Tim, uh, uh, on Twitter at GM Tim D and, uh, I am also part of the role to play network. Uh, and uh, one third of that, and one half of Dice Up Games. Uh, Tim, I'm really glad you addressed what kind of hat you were wearing. I was, that was the most important thing that I wanted you to cover in that. So also, who for... was the original <laughs> owner of said hat? Yeah. We must always know these facts. I mean, I feel like possessionship uh, is no longer a thing once you're dead. So yeah, yeah. I have to say, like, the instant you mentioned the bowler hat, my, when I, growing up, my dad's go-to costume, whenever he would walk around with me for the, for trick-or-treating, he would just be a ghost in a bowler hat, which meant a sheet with two eye holes cut out and a hat on top. <laughs> so I love that that's where you went, because it feels very nostalgic to me. Oh, it's classic. Yeah. It's, it's, it never, it, it never goes out of style. I think I picked my, my costume out for this year now. <laughs> oh, perfect. Do it. If you want to be real fancy, you add a little necktie around yeah. the, yeah, then you're a super fancy or ghost. Or maybe a little bolo tie. Yeah. Yeah. Notes have been taken. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, normally this is the uh, kind of point of the show where we would talk about updates to our D&D games and what's been going on, but uh, we actually haven't played since the last time we recorded. Uh, Piper's been 
out of the country. I've been in, traveling abroad, yeah. you know, going yeah. to Canada, which is essentially exactly. Minnesota, but fancy Europe. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, just it's nice. Big Minnesota, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. I had an awesome time. I, I'm worried now that all of your creations are going to be maple syrup themed. Oh my for, god! For the next couple weeks. <laughs> no, they will not be maple syrup themed. Neither will they have any mooses or mises. <laughs> So don't worry about yeah, that. Good. But you had a fun time, I hope. It was At least awesome. as fun as you would have had playing D&D with us. We went to, um, so we were in Toronto and we went to this place uh, called Casa Loma, which um, was built around the turn of the century. And it was like the most, so while we were in this castle, it's kind of you just walk yourself around. Um, no, there's no tours or anything. You could listen to like an audio version. But we made our way to the basement uh, where the unfinished pool has been turned into a movie theater and they have a like documentary about the house playing. It was the most depressing documentary documentary i've ever seen we walked in when they're like then his wife died and he lost all of his money and he had to sell the house and everything he owned including his wife's wheelchair and it just got sadder and sadder and we're like what the fuck canada you don't hold back <laughs> like they just gave it all out the way it was it was it was very good so not only are your creations going to be maple syrup themed they're going to be sad maple syrup themed well yes naturally <laughs> from, from here on out <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Zach and Tim, any any interesting things going on in your D&D games or in your life lately? When was the last time you went to Canada? Um, well, I've never been to Canada um, and also don't play much D&D. So um, <laughs> not a lot to contribute on that front. Uh, but no, I do. <laughs> um, no, I do play other games. We actually just played in a game together, Tim and myself, on Monday, a kids on bikes game for uh, for our Cute. friends over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we actually got to be players together. We like, did. Instead of one of us happen. running the game. <laughs> Usually well, and it's... We've been- wanting to check out kids on bikes for so long we've had so many people recommend it to us it's such a cool uh, such a cool setting and such a cool system i'm i'm really excited to get it i'm you know now i want our game to end our game that we're in now that i love i want it to end so we can play kids on bikes instead (laughs) (laughs) although we've already said that we our next game has to be a sci-fi related thing so (gasps) if we can do kids on bikes you mean like teens in space Yes, Hell like yes. teens in space, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Which is just kids on bikes, but in space. Yeah, well, that exactly. just asks the question, like, what happens when E.T. takes all the kids with him and they go into space and now yeah. they're biking in space? Exactly. So. Well, now you can play that, you know? And, uh, exactly. You, you know, Kent, Kent and I actually both uh, contributed uh, a species each to that to that book. <laughs> we, really? We, yeah, we both got to, yeah. to write a species. We only bring the finest uh, quality top shelf guests on this podcast, <laughs> uh, listeners, uh, contributors to the uh, teens in space, uh, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons setting. Uh, that is really cool, though. That's awesome. Yeah, that no, is really it's, cool. What, it's a cool. I mean, it's a cool game. To, yeah. Do you want to talk at all about what your kind of process was like coming? I mean, what was your experience like coming up with that? I mean, you clearly got, you know, it's an awesome setting and you have to work with a bunch of cool people. I'm sure with that, you know, anything you want to share about that or anything you want to plug? Um, so I just started with, so we, we create species, uh, don't let Tim fool you. Tim actually did a lot more work on this game than, than what he led on. He did a lot more than creating just a species. Uh, I'll let him tell you about that, but I created a species and I just really thought about what would be a really strange species. Like I didn't want to go with anything kind of humanoid or well, bipedal, quadpedal, whatever at all. Mine are actually just like floating clouds that are sentient and really appreciate awesome. art awesome I they love do it. love the it's they awesome. love the finer things in life 
<laughs> I mean, you know, they, 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 they hover over something and, and, you know, through solidifying their, their water droplets or liquid droplets in their body, uh, re, reconstitute and refigure it, uh, which would be horrible if said thing was living, but you know, that's so cool. I like that. And you know what? That's kind of wild because so we had a recent episode about alien races and, um, we, I, I like my creation in that episode was something that I think was kind of similar to that was we, we said, look, we don't want to restrict ourselves to normal, normal, quote unquote, normal humanoid uh, bipedal races. We want to do something kind of wild and out there. Mm-hmm. And I created a race of sort of alien sky serpents that lived on a gas giant planet and loved art because they didn't have a lot of physical things. And so they thought any type of any type of uh, like physical edifice was really really interesting. So I think that's awesome. I feel we've. I, I feel like I have a new best friend here on the podcast. Aww, great minds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like making new best friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any any thoughts you have uh, here, Tim? Uh, uh, about about the the species that I contributed? yeah yeah about the process yeah just your creative process. Oh yeah, so sort of I got to see I got to see a bunch of people uh, that were because we you know we did it sort of like a, a group brainstorm at first and everybody was pitching yeah. their ideas and so I got to see the different things and I knew there was going to be a good variety of very unique like what kent was describing and um my my partner uh kristen who is the other of the third of role to play network <laughs> uh she she contributed a very unique race uh, or species as well um so <laughs> i got to just have a little bit of fun <laughs> so i yeah. i wanted i wanted something super cute in the in the the options and so i went with Aww. uh they're they're basically little hedgehog creatures that have the ability to um they it's it's not like the force in star wars but they have the ability to uh kind of create and repair bioorganic uh uh things like like people create ships Ooh. that are actually bioorganic and these little creatures have the ability to sort of communicate with them but the way that they do that is sort of through hugs it's through touch, oh, but they do it through hugging. Oh, so, so these are tiny little, <laughs> tiny little hedgehog uh, creatures that hug to repair and fix and heal, and I refer to them as the uh, the, the fuzzy little hug monsters. And, that is and, uh, so cute. That is amazing. But oh they gosh. they were they were it was very fun to to write them because I I I got to you know while while my wife was working on hers and hers are a little bit more serious and very like mists of Avalon like this this uh, female species of yeah. avian <laughs> creatures that live among the asteroids and people go to them for wisdom and I'm like oh my god but mine hugs things. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. That's amazing. I mean, what's so, what's better, yeah. like feminism or hugs? You know, like both. The two things the internet loves. <laughs> Combine yeah. can them. You, can you have both at once? Well, in <laughs> Teens in Space by Renegade Games, you can have both. That's amazing. Oh my god. Wow, what a dream, right? <laughs> um, Sam, your brother Tommy, his favorite animal is hedgehogs. Yes, so yeah. he would definitely play. Is that race? Yeah, that that would be his ideal. Yeah, my 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 often talked about brother on the podcast who has all kinds of weird D and D experiences with us. Uh, that would be. Have we talked about him before? Yeah, we talked about his weird uh, trying to impress our D and D party by I doing we weird did. spider tricks and yes, covering and himself in oil. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, he would. That would be his. Uh, he would definitely wait, love that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Like we, his character covered himself in oil, no, or he the player. Covered himself. 
<laughs> it was a character choice. He, he was introduced to uh, a an already existing party that we've been playing in a game for a, a couple of years, and uh, you know he came in at like level. You know, we were like a level five to eight party or something. And he came in as like a level like four or five sorcerer up to our keep that we already kind of had. And he was like, all right, how do I impress these guys? Uh, I've got the oil spell. Uh, let me just cover everything in oil. That'll be cool, right? Everybody will be really impressed. I got spider climb. I'm going to climb up the walls. Like He was just a weird little Well, my favorite thing spaz. was always he's like, he's like, you want to be big? I'll make you big. Yeah, yeah, I got a large person. I can do all of it. <laughs> and we're like, all right, freak, like, chill out. You can hang with us. It's chill. Yeah. But uh, so, okay. I, I mean, I love all of this wholesome talk of hedgehogs and hugs and brothers and all this but and making people big and, and making people big but we have a topic this week that we want to talk about that is uh i mean maybe not wholesome no it's spooky uh, it's spooky it's yeah a, it's spooky. a good spooky topic for it's our, spook- cool topic. our first spooky episode of spooky uh, halloween we are going to be talking about urban legends and folklore yeah uh, so we are going to be trying to come up with some, you know, really cool, scary, you know, the the stories that you'd tell around a campfire. The are you afraid of the dark kind of tales of, you know, suburban children's nightmares. Oh, totally. And yeah. also just like the kind of urban legends that like naturally emerge in every community. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were kind of talking about this before the show that, you know, every culture sort of has these sort of unexplained ideas that are passed down generation to generation. And they they sort of... Uh, become these larger than life kind of concepts, you know, the, oh, the, the guy who lives down the street who murdered his family with a, with an ice pick or whatever. And everybody talks about it in the, in the suburbs and, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody knows what really happened, but Ooh, it's still a scary story that everybody watches out for, you know, you, you ride your bike past that house a little bit faster. Yeah. Right. Late at night. Uh, Or if you want to go even more like ancient, I feel like I was thinking too, that it's kind of more the, you know, to keep kids in line, you tell them, like, well, don't go into the woods because that's where yeah. the evil witches are. That's where Baba Yaga lives. And she's yeah. going to snatch you up. So you better be home in time for dinner. We can talk about, you know, uh, suburbia and, and kids on bikes uh, <laughs> and and the uh, modern kind of takes on this. But also, I think we should, you know, make sure that we cast a wide enough that we we can include the Brothers Grimm and mm-hmm. all of these kind of... Uh, cautionary tales. Yeah, cautionary tales, exactly. Uh, so I would actually want to kick this over to you guys and ask you, do you have any sort of favorite urban legends or folk tales or anything that you you know that you find to be really inspiring that you think would be cool to share? Well, before, before we go into that, we should probably, uh, to, for the listeners, explain the dynamic here. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, so... Kent Kent is uh, a fan of horror and is is you know well versed in in a lot of that. I uh, I however am not. I I uh, I do I, I avoid the genre. Uh, I I always camp it up if I'm forced to deal with it. And and I so yeah. As a kid, I I avoided it and it because it you know it it's one of those things where like as soon as it gets into my head, my head does far worse things with it. And oh, so totally. oh, yeah. I just yes. yeah I just stopped letting it in at some point. I couldn't remember. So coming up with this uh, prompt was sort of difficult because I had to like I really had to think like well what are what are yeah. what what are they? <laughs> I don't know what but they you know are. What? I'm I'm glad you mentioned that though that the idea that your imagination does something worse because I think that's one of the coolest things about 
sort of horror in general and whether it is sort of the you know mundane horror that exists in your suburban community or like existential or like lovecraftian horror it's the idea that the thing you don't see will always be scarier than the thing that you do see you know you, you can explain something and say it's the scariest thing you've ever seen but what you don't understand or what you don't know or what your what your mind can kind of run off to is always going to be more horrifying than well, I think that's, like, also a good yeah. rule of thumb for, like, horror films themselves. Like, as soon as yeah. you show us the monster, then it's not scary anymore. It loses power. Well, exactly. exactly. I mean, right. like, Cloverfield or whatever. Like, as soon as we saw it, we're, like, boring. I'm out. Yeah. Like, I'm totally checked out. Like, yeah. we just need little tastes, little glimpses. It, 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 and, like, the, your mind will fill in the rest and the, make it more the horrifying. It's Shyamalan syndrome where it's, like, you know, the, the once the twist is revealed, it's none of the none of it has value anymore yeah. you know you can never watch it again with the same sort of take yeah yeah well i think and i think there's like to that point i mean one i think one of the best horror movies and best like paced movies is signs by Shyamalan because i oh, think yes yeah i mean it just unfolds at such a nice pace like you see little bits of the aliens and stuff like that and i think that's where yeah. horror works well is is I mean, if you're getting into horror and you're just showing whatever the ghost or monster or whatever up first, like, I mean, you lose, like, the more you see it, the less scary it gets because you're noticing the flaws maybe in, in like, movies, for example. You're noticing flaws in, like, CG. You're noticing flaws in, you know, the the practical effects. So, where signs, yeah, you, I mean. You see and, it's just I a mean, guy the, in a mask, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the perfect example is Jaws, because Jaws is probably the most perfect paced movie. I mean, you don't see the yeah, shark that is true. doing all this for like yeah. an hour into it. Yeah. That's a good point. The, the see, I love I love that movie. I, I absolutely love Jaws. And and I think I think that's like kind of the if if we were to draw that sort of line between like thriller and horror, the those movies don't stick with me. I can go in the ocean. I grew up. I grew yeah. up in the ocean. I grew, I'm in California. I grew up, you know, surfing in the ocean. Jaws didn't make me stop doing that. But yeah. you know, going to see like the Blair Witch Project, I didn't get oh, back in my car movie. to drive home. <laughs> I was in high school at the time because yeah. I, I it was too dark and I knew something was going to happen. So I basically just waited until a bunch of other people were leaving the theater for another movie so that there was a crowd to walk with, you know? Of course. I get yeah. that though. That's so good. Actually, I feel like you kind of have an advantage almost because if you, I mean, the, what you said when you started here, you're like, well, I'm like, you avoid the topic. You're more easily scared. I think you should be able to more easily tap into the things that frighten yeah. you and like yeah. make a stronger, scarier thing than the rest of us. If we're like desensitized to all the horror that we've seen, yeah. we're like, I mean, this is spooky, but like, whatever. But you're like, no, but guys, like spiders in your eyes, like yeah. whatever, spooky things. <laughs> yeah, I think you have valuable perspective here. On, yeah, on you'd, what you'd think really that, but you. but I'm coming up with hedgehogs that hug people. So, <laughs> of course, <laughs> I mean that is cute. I'm just saying, we're, you know, turn it into your strengths. You got this. I I do also kind of want to say, so I I love uh, Kent your your example of signs, which I, I think definitely is. It's probably the best Shyamalan horror film. I mean, you could argue that. You know, his early films are all pretty, you know, Sixth Sense and Unbreakable are all also good films. But I think if you want to talk about something that really scares people, Signs is a structurally, I think, really good because he says, OK, here's here's a, uh, you know, a scary, spooky thing that we don't know anything about. But there are rules to what this creature is. You know, it, it is strong in this way. It has a weakness. It 
you know, it, it is above us in, in one way, but we also, we have this tool that we can use against it. We just have to figure out what that tool is, you know, mm-hmm. like once you figure out, oh, it's just, it's just weak against water, you know, that's an important thing, I think, in a sort of uh, a, a, a spooky creature or like a folk beast or whatever, you know, like vampires are weak against garlic and werewolves can be killed with a silver bullet and like every horrible thing needs to have its silver bullet right see what's interesting to me it's always i've always found it curious that people classify like aliens within like some like kind of horror like specters when i was like in middle school um this is a very strange situation when i was in middle school um i was in a youth group you were abducted by aliens no i was in a youth group uh in my church and we went to yes oh that's even even worse that's more horrifying than anything i could say (laughs) no but we would go to um this haunted house like theme park every year called trail of terror and i remember the guy who was like our youth group leader he was most horrified by anything alien related that really scared him and that has always like baffled me i've never found aliens to be scary but i totally understand why it would be like aliens are terrifying to me but for the simple reason of if you have figured out the technology to get to here from wherever you came from oh yeah like I mean, what's our swearing policy on this? Oh, we're we're fine. Yeah. Everything you so, want to say, go for, go for it. Just go for it, man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If, okay. So if you've figured out how to get to our planet from whatever planet you reside on, I mean, we're fucked because we are in no way a technological equal to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm, adding a big explicit to my notes right now, by the way. I'm underlining <laughs> it and circling it. You said fuck once. So we've passed the point of no return. Oh, on yeah. This now it's just like fuck city so, from here exactly, on out. Exactly. All bets are off. <laughs> <laughs> Can that be Welcome the title of the episode town, to really, really confuse yeah. the listeners? Yeah, 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 go for it. Well, we started with Huggable Hedgehogs, and now we're going to Fuck City. So that's just the natural progression, I think. Yeah, Yeah. but you're totally right, though. I mean, if you know, if if something was able to come here, we obviously don't have the capability to do that yet. So they're clearly far more advanced than us. That's immediately something we we can fear if we want to. Yeah. I get that. I feel like though I kind of I associate the like the power and superiority that comes with like an advanced alien society like coming to our planet. That makes me think more of like warfare and like I mean war is horrifying and that should scare yeah. me, but because I'm so like distant from it, I'm like whatever. War not not that scary. Yeah. I'm thinking more like monsters and spooky things that yeah. I can't understand, yeah. but of course that's what aliens should be, so my I have to wrap my mind around that. Suburban folktale is that the war in Iraq lives in the house down the street, and uh, <laughs> that if you don't watch out, the war in Iraq will come and get you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. No, I. I. Uh, you know. Uh, so I, I think this is all a lot of really good sort of insight into sort of what components can make a, a folktale scary. I am curious what your favorite urban legends and and folk stories are i definitely have some thoughts on this but i would want to send it over to you guys first as our esteemed guests mm-hmm. uh, our skellies okay. yeah our, our, our favorite skellies of bowler hats <laughs> <laughs> what, well i can start examples um i brought two with me one local because i think i mean that's i think the, the great thing i won't tangent too hard the great thing about urban legends <laughs> and stuff is like it, it it's universal like every town 
all across the world has these things. So yes. I just I wanted to bring something that's kind of local to where I am. Yeah. I'm in Western Kentucky, um, mm-hmm. but I'm pulling one from from Evansville, Indiana, which is about 40 minutes from me. So you know what, internet folks, you can do the math and probably figure out where I'm from exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, triangulating his position right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pulling it up on Google Maps. Continue. Enhance. <laughs> but... Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Gray Lady Ghost of Willard Library. So Willard Library. Well, this is where I'm going to sign off, everyone. This is getting a little too real for me. Bye, hedgehogs. He's plugging his ears, I'm sure, right now. Yeah, Yeah, a thousand hedgehogs just ran out the door. (laughs) I mean, mean, it's a basic ghost story. It's, It's a woman who died. I uh, think like out in the cold, she was Classic. walking home, and yeah, you know, I mean it's nothing too dying. original. <laughs> but what what's cool about it is it's in an old library in Evansville, and they have totally leaned into it. They have ghost cams set up in their library where, that are running twenty four seven, where you can oh, watch fine. for the gray lady. Um, I mean, they have just hundreds of reports of people that are seeing it. You know, conveniently around October, mostly. I mean, because that's the way ghosts operate. They recognize Halloween as an important hal- uh, holiday. Obviously, yeah, of course, yeah. Of course. They live their but, undead lives by our schedules. <laughs> but yeah, she's like she's seen like walking around the grounds and and mostly in the basement. I've been there, and you know, just it's probably the legend just in my head. It feels strange when you're in some of these rooms where, where, where the gray lady is, is most reported. Like I'm sure it's all psychological and that I just feel like there's something different in this room, but you know, it, it's a pretty cool little local legend that, that people are, especially now that it's October are really leaning into and, you know, playing up on. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's fun to be scared in October. Of course. Oh, yeah. You, you want to say, oh, yeah, I saw it. I was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now, if you're ready for uh, my favorite urban legend. And Lay it on us. Lay it on us. It is, it is uh, bonkers. It is, let me see here. And I had to translate this page from Google Translate. But so, the, you know, we'll deal with some of that. It's the Perna, uh, Perna Kalud. Perna Cabaluda. Uh, it's an urgent legend that originated in the 70s in the city of, I'm going to say, Recife, which is, it's it's a, it's a Mexican urban legend. And I can that tell trans- how much you love this urban legend by how good you are at pronouncing all of the words associated with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it translates into the hairy leg. This legend Ooh. is literally a disembodied leg that oh hops around and kicks people. <laughs> Oh my god! I love that. That's incredible. That sounds like that Sam's is, favorite thing. Yeah, that is all it is. Um, it kind of started as this this guy was his wife was like having an affair, and so like he I don't know he found this disembodied <laughs> leg under his bed, uh, and it chased him out of the room like kicking him. So now people report seeing what? it on the street, and it'll hop down the street chasing you, kicking you along the way. Oh that's amazing. I, I love this convergence of whimsy and horror. That oh, it, that's you know, so good. It, that's in, this seems like something like, you'd read about in scary stories to tell in the dark. Like it's, right. it's I such mean, a, like think, a goofy p- weird thing. Yeah, think about it here. The comfort of your home, it is goofy. <laughs> yeah. Think about it in the streets. You ground the corner, and there's this oh, four foot hairy leg. <laughs> oh, sitting terrifying. there. Terrifying. Oh my god. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't so, run fast enough. 
Oh my god. When I okay, so when I was growing up, I don't know if you guys ever read the book um by Dr. Seuss, The Star Bellied uh Sneetches. Yeah. Um but they it's like a collection <laughs> my of stories. Favorite urban legend, the Star Bellied Sneetches. Well, this ties in. There was a, st- a short story in that book and it was called The Pale Green Pants. Oh no, actually the the okay, the official title was What Was I Afraid Of? But it's about this boy who encounters the pale green pants and it's this kid who's just like out walking in the night and he sees these pants that are just standing there with nobody inside of them and it freaks him the fuck out. And he spends like the rest of his life just like running from these horrible pants and it's like the most it's very comical. Like he'll be like in a rowboat and the pants will come rowing by and he's really scared. And like he'll be on a bike and he's going to Greenwich and he's going to get some Greenwich spinach and the pants go riding by on a bicycle. And then eventually he finds out that the pants were just as afraid as he was. Oh my God. Um but like when I was little, my mom would like read this very innocent harmless book <laughs> and I would like get scared and have nightmares. I'm like, "Don't read the pale green pants. There's no one inside the mom." And she's like, "But it's a happy ending. It's fine." <laughs> <laughs> but that freaked me out so much. So well, I totally get that. So the hairy leg is clearly twice as dangerous because it only takes one leg to be horrifying instead of two. I know. know. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole like song. I don't know. The translation on this website's bad. I don't know if it's like a warding off song, but uh, like oh, it's like asking God to protect you from, from the hairy leg. There's oh, something God. about it. It has an eye in its knee. Oh, uh, my gosh. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I imagine, I, I, I imagine that should. the the prayer that goes to, to God at that point is like I'm thinking of him like a, in a call center. Like, r- really, that's your problem? Like that that's what you're phoning me about? Like, there's some real bad really? stuff going on. I gotta take I gotta take this other call because I mean, you could deal with a leg. Come on, totally. I yeah, mean, well, there's I, a, I got somebody like, on hold who's got a yeah, pair exactly. of pants chasing him down the road. Yeah, you know, there's, there's only one leg. I don't care about this. There, someone's calling about a genocide. I gotta deal with that yeah. right now. There's a lot of prayers coming in. A lot of football players right needing my help right now. Yeah. But it's like li- it's like listen. But it's like God, listen. You know. It's- you fucked up here. It's just a leg with an eyeball in its knee. What, what, oh, wait, wait, wait. It has an eyeball? You didn't, I mean, you didn't lead with the eyeball? God's well, like, I don't, the, I don't think I made that. I don't like, know. That's someone else's department. That's Transfer not one of my them. creations. Yeah. He, he, put, he puts his hands on his hips. He's like, oh, Satan. <laughs> I love that. He suddenly becomes a, becomes a child actor in a, in a 90s sitcom, and he just looks at the camera and goes, wasn't me. <laughs> and the audience laughs. Cue the laugh okay. track. I do think that we should, uh, you know, maybe do our listeners a solid. And while we're talking about these urban legends, if we know the way to defeat them, we should tell them. So if they run into it, you know, it's just a way to defend themselves against it. What What is the way to uh, stop this leg? Is it just to? Oh, can I take you know, a guess, put, put, Kent? Put before a you tell us, in the road. Yes, guess. What is can, it? Can I guess it. real quick? Yeah. What Please. is it? Okay. Yeah. To quote Karate Kid, sweep the leg. Oh, yes, obviously, of you solved it. Yes, Danielson. Just call Danielson yeah. and he'll come and save you. No, no, this is Cobra Kai. This is the bad guy. Ooh, Sweep oh, the leg. Cobra it's a cheap. Yeah. It's a cheap move, even against a even even if it's just a leg. Sorry, it Ken. Is a cheap move. Yeah. Oh I no, I mean that's fine. better than anything this weirdly translated article is going to tell me. So. If a leg with an eyeball is coming after you, I say sweep just it. Sweep the hairy leg. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think that's great. Uh, 
Dude. That's a wonderful start here. Who else wants to jump in with us? Well, I just want to say, um, <laughs> if you ever find yourself being pursued by pale green pants with no one inside oh, yeah. them. Yeah, what do you do? The secret is to wrap your arm around those pants and sit right down beside them and say, don't cry, poor empty pants with nobody inside them, because they're just as sad as you are. So make friends with the pants. That's amazing. I learned this from Dr. Seuss. It's the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I thought you said, it, you said at the beginning, we're going to have to play this back. Can we get a playback real quick from the beginning? You said there was going to be no more rhyming. But there's been quite a bit of rhyming. <laughs> yeah, there has been there's quite been a so bit of rhyming. rhyming in this, actually. That's a really good point. Well, you know, bonus <laughs> points for that. So we should have oh, let you know ahead of time, but we're mean. I so. love that. No. <laughs> Tim, what is your favorite uh, folk creature, urban legend, scary Well, story? I, I I think I have no favorites because I don't like these. But, <laughs> but I would is not hearing these stories. <laughs> yeah, my favorite has, has been my ear, my fingers in my ear holes this whole time. <laughs> Um, no, I, so, so, okay. So Kent sent me some good ones and I was looking through them, but then I, I kind of thought about it a little bit. And so I have, I have, uh, two. Okay. The first one is one that actually was the first one that I could remember as a child scaring me. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, Bloody Mary. Yes. Oh, okay. That it is was that the, a classic. Yeah. yeah. Bloody Mary, uh, Bloody Mary, Bloody I had, Mary. I had Sorry, some all real. listeners, Bloody Mary's in your living room now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it was the type of thing that prevented me from like ever really like you know how people say like if you do this thing like like Beetlejuice if you say if you yeah, say his yeah, name three exactly. times something will happen. Well, with Bloody Mary, they say if you do this certain thing in the mirror, it's going to happen. So like I, I, I will challenge almost any superstition. Like oh, don't do this or this will happen. I'm going to do that. This no, <laughs> no. I, I would I would I think my I had set like record times as a child how quickly I could use the bathroom just to get the heck out of there because <laughs> oh, it scared me. So, so Bloody Mary was, was definitely, and I think most people probably know what that one is. I don't need to go into it. Um, and then the other one is one that I had a, an actual kind of connection with a little bit. I don't know if anyone's familiar with the black Dahlia. Um, I know it was a movie, uh, but I never saw yeah, it because again, it's a horror real life serial killer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So the, the, the black Dahlia. So, I worked in down one of my one of my uh, you know I don't know how long ago this was it was in my early twenties I worked in downtown Los Angeles in a in a building that was like kind of a historic building and everybody was telling you know you get to your your first day everyone's talking to you and they they want to scare you they want to tell you these spooky things and it was the type of building where the elevator took forever to go up like one floor <laughs> well they everyone would talk about the Black Dahlia ghost and so if you stayed late and you know you, there's these things and it, to the point where, like, like uh, they convinced people, including myself, that like th- yeah, this is where people, it, aka you, yeah, <laughs> this is where it happened. Like this is this is where the murder took place. But it didn't. It took place just down the street. It was like you know you could walk <laughs> to the building in a minute. But the it's reason why the reason why they connected the Black Dahlia and her ghost to this building was this building is where her dentist was. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so, so they would say, they would say, well, and then you'd you'd question them. You'd be like, oh, so this isn't like scary or anything. This is just where a dentist was. And they'd be like, they'd look at you and they'd be serious. Yeah, but she went and visited her dentist the day before it happened. Oh, which no. is supposed, to, yeah, yeah, and and you know didn't really do it for me. But I wanted to share that because it was an urban legend in the area that I lived, and I was in a building where people tried to scare me with it. 
Well, I like um, that though. And everyone yeah. knows that the Black Dahlia Killer had the scariest medical uh, symptom of all: gingivitis. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I feel like if I'm a ghost, uh, I'd pick hell over the dentist's office. You know, oh, I just yeah. want to move. Yeah, on I think that's afterlife. when I that's what I was going to run out. It's like, wait, you mean a dentist worked here? I'm out. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's really interesting to me to hear about like us, like you being in L.A. and somebody telling you this kind of ghost story and it being effective, if only because, like, I imagine when I picture L.A., I picture it being, like, sunny all the time and never having that kind of, like, cool, crisp fall, autumn weather that really conjures the spooky vibes that we get in, like, areas where we do have all four seasons. And so, I mean, the palm trees don't get spooky, do they? Yeah, it must suck to be in (laughs) California. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like it'd be harder to get into the the vibe of the, the spooky season. Well, well, so so downtown Los Angeles is kind of like isolated from those types of things. Like you, you see it in skyline sweeping shots, but when you're in it, it's just like any other big city with sky rises. It's just a lot of shadowy streets and subways. We do have a subway here. I took it, but the it, it is scary <laughs> when you get there in the morning and uh, like you you walk out of, out of the the metro into the light, and it's like kind of dark. There's some fog and there's not a lot of people there after hours because everyone leaves. So it becomes like a ghost town. So there's some spooky spooky. vibes in LA. That's good. Okay. Okay. Good to know. I'm I'm glad we can be, we can be spooked. I I have one more that I just, an empty big city would scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do do you want to hear a 30 second funny LA story? (laughs) Please. That scared me. This was legit scared me. So it, it was more like unnerving. So I, I, I went there every morning when it was, so I'd arrive off the subway off the red line when it was dark. So I'd walk out of the subway and it was still dark on the street. And there was one morning where I walk out and you know, you're tired. So you just sort of go through your emotions. Well, I was, I walked out of the subway and I start walking down the street towards my building. And all of a sudden I look around and nothing, nothing looks nothing looks the same it doesn't look like la it looks it looks like tokyo and (laughs) you had these stands and you had the and there everything looked like none of the signs were the same it was really really weird i thought like okay something's really weird and then i got to my building i got to my building and realized oh they're shooting fast and the furious tokyo drift (laughs) right, right in front of my building and they transformed it overnight and they hadn't shut the whole place down yet that's so oh. funny. So it was like walking onto a, a studio lot, but it was my normal walk to work. <laughs> it was very that's, weird. That's the ultimate urban legend is that the ghost of Han from Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift <laughs> still inhabits this subway stop. Oh my gosh. I like that. That's awesome. That it happened a couple fun. times, but that was the most transformative <laughs> of all that's the so- of all the movie the movie you know shots they did there. That's what? awesome. My urban legend that I was going to talk about is um, so here. So I we're we're in Minnesota, and I went to uh, Mankato, uh, which is a um, a city that's kind of like it's like two hours it, north from our main Minnesota, metro. Yeah. It's like the biggest city outside of the metro. It's um, the biggest city in like farming Minnesota. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like but um, so when I went to college there as a freshman, of course, there's you know like they always like tell stories when they bring when like new kids come in, and usually it's like oh there's a secret pool hidden somewhere. Blah blah blah. Um, this place was like, no, uh, if you go behind this one dorm after dark, you're going to see, um, like, the ghosts of, like, a thousand hung Native Americans hanging from the trees. And I was like, okay, that's weirdly specific and 
odd for a ghost story to tell. Thanks, everybody. But then I found out that actually Main Street Mankato um, was where the largest execution ever happened on American soil. And I'm sorry. I'm very sorry to say that my favorite president of all time, Abraham Lincoln, he approved it. They hung like... 70-some Native Americans from the gallows at this spot, like, in our downtown where my Mm. college is. So, super fun. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, that's horrifying. But it was... It was cool history, but yeah. very upsetting history at, at the same time. All right, so I think we can kind of end the podcast now here, now that Piper <laughs> sort of brought things down a little bit. I, I made it this. too real. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think that also kind of highlights an important sort of concept in these, that a lot of these urban myths and, and folk stories are based in at least a grain of truth. At least the know? good ones are. Yeah, I mean, this... One right. in particular was almost all true, right? Yeah. Uh, that it was the site of a, a huge mass execution. And it's something that is an important part of Minnesotan history. Mm-hmm. And that there are still stories that are told about that today is, uh, you know, kind of speaks to the power of that story. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I don't think something like that should be forgotten. We have to remember it so we can be like, hey, yo, that was real bad that that happened. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe not just remembered in the sense that we use it as a spooky story to of course but to be like <laughs> let's do things better yeah, next time <laughs> exactly um but that's also like you know we talk about cautionary tales and and say look hey we did a, her- a horrible thing and now we have to not do that again or we'll get haunted by ghosts and it'll be really bad mm-hmm. uh that's uh, uh an interesting sort of caveat to a lot of these stories um and i think to kind of uh launch into my favorite urban legend um i think kind of related to a little bit is the tale of the mothman uh i i love a good mothman i i really like that the idea sort of behind him is that disasters happen around sightings of this um this sort of spooky beast uh and basically that the sort of the idea for anyone who's not familiar with a mothman is that uh, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, in the 60s, there were several sightings of uh, like a large humanoid figure with moth-like wings. He would just appear out of nowhere, and then suddenly afterwards, bad things would happen. And people said, maybe this mothman is causing these disasters, or maybe he's trying to tell us something to help prevent these disasters. The, the idea that this sort of urban legend, we don't really know if a mothman is benevolent and trying to help us or is like a you know if he's a harbinger of bad times or if he is the the reason for these terrible things happening Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of cool that's really spooky that you can't really understand him or know him um Mm -hmm. or or her uh and the film the 2002 movie with richard Gere, actually the mothman prophecies i think has kind of an interesting distillation of this idea that there's a line later in the movie where um you know, Richard Gere becomes obsessed with this idea. He's like a reporter for the New York Times or something. And he's like, I, I have to understand about Mothman. Like, tell me about Mothman. And he goes to this <laughs> this conspiracy theorist in New York and he says, what what is a Mothman? You've researched the Mothman your whole life. And now I'm just picturing and, J- 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 Jonah Jameson. He's, he's like, give me pictures of Mothman. Yeah. Um, he, he, he basically says to this guy, he says, what is the Mothman? I, I need to understand what he is. And the guy looks at him and he says, look, you know, there's a guy down the street washing windows, you know? Do you think he knows anything more than you? And Richard Gere is like, no. And he goes, okay, fair. But from where he's standing, he can just see a little bit further down the road, you know? So the idea that these mothmen are 
you know, maybe they're not necessarily more sophisticated than us, but they just have a little bit better of a perspective mm-hmm. uh, than we do. And, and maybe they can see these things. They can see through time or through space in a different way than we do. I think that's really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and a cool type of sort of being that exists outside of what we understand as reality. Uh, oh, ooh, yeah. good Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Tim, whenever Tim was asking me about urban legends, I, I gave him some stuff. And I said, and if all else fails, everyone loves the Mothman. Yeah, hey, there you yeah. go. Exactly. Loves the Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> to which I went to Google and said, Google, what is Mothman? <laughs> <laughs> I asked Jeeves. I said, Jeeves, tell me who the Mothman I is. I feel like Mothman is an American specific yeah, well, yeah, kind of thing. It's West I, don't, Virginia. I don't know if our I was going to say, I would be surprised if yeah. people from other countries were familiar with that one. Yeah. But, oh, but oh, man, we have gone on for so long about all we of should, our favorite yeah. myths. We should really start. It's time to create our own, our own original uh, spooky thing. Are we going to forge a world? We're going to forge some fucking worlds. Such a world, yeah. And, and we also are going to change the format a little bit of the show. So we kind of talked about this that we think it might be a little bit difficult uh, to follow if we each created our own story uh, for this. So instead of having each of us create our own thing, we're going to have sort of a... Uh, hosts versus guests we're doing teams we're doing teams yeah so piper and i will create our own urban myth Mm -hmm. and uh tim and kent you will create your urban legend and maybe maybe they'll fight who knows i i don't think so but who knows what happens like a godzilla (laughs) movie yeah, maybe yeah. they'll be the let them fight. You. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a, a randomly generated word here. Who gets to go first? Our guests? We should kick it over to our guests. Yeah, our, okay. our guests, our esteemed guests, Tim and Kent. You our guys skellies. A, you, our, our favorite skellies and bowler hats. Here's your word that you will use to create a fun urban legend. Okay, so whatever your urban legend is, it has to be based around the word messy. Ooh, messy. So take from that what you will. Now, yeah, think about this in terms of like, is there a cautionary tale around making messes? Is there a weird ghost who just makes a mess all the time? Like what, what can you parlay this word into? Oh, I've got a line already. <laughs> oh, tell us. Give it to us. Bring it. All right. That, sounded, so... that was very Kentucky of you. That sounded very like, oh, I've got a line already. I don't know. Something about the way you said that. I liked it. <laughs> Lay it on thick. So, <laughs> so urban legends are usually born out of like um, a lot of parents will create urban legends to keep their kids in line, right? Yeah. So I think the obvious yes. choice we have to go with here with the word messy is it's an urban legend that's going to be created to keep so kids will like clean their rooms or clean up after themselves. Yes. Nice. So that's a great jumping off point. Here is the go we want. How do we instill fear into our children to make them <laughs> do the thing we want? Absolutely. Yeah. We should all be asking ourselves this question all the time. How do we instill fear in our children? Please. How do I scare my kids into behaving the way I want yeah, them to? Doing what I want. I know Tim and I are both parents, so this is probably, <laughs> we're gonna yeah. we're gonna put something into practice here. You're do, the perfect do we, to give us advice. Do we build like in tandem? Like, do you now go with your word and, and then we go back and forth, or do we build the entire thing you know, and then we'll, you build we'll your give entire you a thing? A few minutes here, you know. Yeah, if you want I mean, to just riff for a minute. If you have initial ideas, go with it. But I have a word that I've generated for Sam and I, and I'm very excited about it. So whenever yeah. you're ready. Well, Ken, Ken, how dark are we going with this? I mean, we I already mean, decided Tim, this is an explosive episode. Yeah, Tim. Uh, if you let me run amok, I will go dark, and there will be slain children at the end of this. So Yes. Ooh. I think we yeah. must all aspire to dead kids. Yeah. There should be ghost <laughs> children just 
bursting out of the seams of the mp3 of this episode (laughs) (laughs) so uh i don't know how dark do you want to go tim (laughs) well i think i think if it's to instill fear so so yeah if your kid makes a mess and leaves it this thing which I'll then pass over to you, Kent, to describe some more of it. This thing is going to be introduced, but this thing is obsessed with order. It's obsessed with everything has a place. Everything has to stay in its place. When it's done being used, it goes back to its place. Just sort of like our bodies. Our bodies have an order. You know, your fingers are digits on the hand, and the hand is attached to the wrist. So I feel like if a child isn't following the order, then this thing is going to... Make a mess of them. I like can, it. Can I say, I think it's just the ghost of a German au pair. <laughs> <laughs> so my first thought was definitely like a Nazi blank. Yeah, yeah, it's just a Nazi ghost. It's just, Orden muss sein. Everything has to be clean all the time. <laughs> Kent, but- I'll, leave, I'll leave it to, to you to, to what, what exactly the thing is. But I think the fear is you'll be taken apart and made into a mess. If you cannot yeah. clean the mess, Ooh, I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah, like I will come back to this. Thrown everywhere. Okay, I'm gonna awesome. need a hug from a hedgehog after this episode. <laughs> 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 so I have ideas, but I, I want to hear what you what 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 the hosts have. Oh, okay, perfect. Right. Okay, what, what is our prompt here, Piper? I think we got a great word. Yeah. So our word is cook. Cook. Ooh. Yes, and so okay. automatically when I saw that, I was like, okay, this definitely has to be something in which people are like, oh, if you like mess with blankety blank, they're gonna cook you up. Cook and, you up like, into a stew. Exactly. Yeah. But it's gotta, yeah. So there has to be like with that. I kind of definitely think of that feels like a neighborhood related thing. Yeah, I agree. Or like I... a school related thing where they're Ooh, like, it's it's a lunch lady that yes. if you mess with this lunch lady, well, no. she'll cook you into your into the mystery meat on Wednesdays. Okay, so I don't know about you, but when I was in elementary school, we there was like a basement and a boiler room like underneath the school that we once they brought us down there. I don't remember the reason they just took us down there. All of the children need to understand the inner workings of the boiler room well, it was very scary and we're like this is so freaky i bet this is where the janitors like do scary things if you don't do your math homework we'll use you to power the school but from like the boiler room. that's kind of where my mind is going is that like there'd be the idea that there was like this like horrifying person down in the basement of some school okay. that would like cook up children and all kinds of other so, horrifying so this is funny things because like i i actually was you know, I knew my lunch lady fairly well. Uh, oh. Shout out to uh, Connie Wells, my favorite lunch lady. Sam was a kiss <laughs> uh, No, actually, here's a funny thing. I'm photographing the wedding of the son of my high school lunch lady, oh my Connie God. Wells, in, like in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is definitely not a story about you, Connie. I had always wonderful lunch experiences with you. Wow. All those Uncrustables. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so many Uncrustables, so many half-frozen Uncrustables oh that I pulled God. from the high school freezer or whatever. What are you saying? Um, <laughs> Go on. I don't know. I, 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 I do like the idea of like a scary, a scary lunch lady that if you cross her, she'll you know show up and she'll 
grind your bones to make her bread or whatever that she'll feed to all of your best friends you know all of your friends will eat you because she'll cook you up into the into the, the meatloaf well it's weird how like spooky like things about a school can be because yeah. i'm also thinking of now this is making me think yeah. of in uh the movie like the best halloween movie of all time which is hocus pocus oh yeah they talk yeah. about how um in they they throw the witches into the kiln and they burn them up in the kiln in the school yeah but yeah. also another great horror film uh it's not really horror it's it's like disney channel spooky <laughs> yeah, family um, brand horror but um uh when good ghouls go bad that whole story started <laughs> because somebody also burned a kid alive in a kiln like there's so many freaky things that can happen in a fucking school don't fuck around with kilns yeah uh, don't push kids into kilns episode, and yeah. burn them up um but yeah okay so i think we have to we have to elaborate on our <laughs> our spooky person who's gonna cook you yeah. and eat you, I'm, and serve I, my, you my 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 gears are turning have you guys had an adequate opportunity to come up with something here while we're talking about weird lunch ladies and stuff. <laughs> so I don't have an idea on what this looks like, but I think it 100% manifests from like the corner of the room because unless you live in a circular room, um, every room in your house has a corner. So every, every corner is a vantage point this thing can watch you from. So if you leave a mess, this thing is definitely going to see you from the corner of your room. And I mean, it's not like you spend a lot of time staring into the corner of your room unless, you know, you're being punished like, you know, 20 years ago where (laughs) corner-based punishments were a thing. But, you know, you spend a lot of time with your back to other walls. But the corners, I mean, they're everywhere. You have corners and, you know, vertical corners. You have horizontal corners of your room. So I think this thing resides in the corners of your room. So this kind of has me thinking about the physiology of this creature is like, if it if it can always see all parts of your room, is it a weird monster that has eyes like all over its head or something that, it, you know, it, it can see everywhere all at, all at once? What do you think, Tim? What do you think? What do you think this, <laughs> what this, are your opinions this, on this creature? Too many eyes? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't listening. I was Googling yurts. Yurts? Yurts? <laughs> Are you Googling a building that has no corners, I suppose, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think that there's an, an element of, of omnipresence, uh, seeing everything and, and being everywhere in the room and through the corners. I think that also lends itself nice to the how it punishes, because if it's thin enough to fit in a corner, it's probably yes. pretty sharp. Absolutely. See, what I was thinking automatically when you were describing that situation is I have definitely stared into my fair share of dark shadowy corners and freaked myself out with (laughs) what I thought I saw there. Like uh, anything that would like just sit in a corner has to be like a very freakishly thin, tall thing. I like the idea that maybe its head would be like up against the ceiling and like it's that tall and horrifying. A real Babadook of a creature. Oof. Yeah. 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 I'm already getting chills thinking about that. Very like Pan's Labyrinthy. Yes, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Everything is yeah, gangly, mean, and it, it all looks like Doug Jones in a weird prosthetic costume. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, because like a corner is yeah. perfect; it's like a ninety degree angle, you know. Like it, yeah. it, it's it's perfectly shaped, you know. So this thing comes from a place of perfection and expects perfection, you know. It That's expects a good point. everything to be clean. Everything needs to be at a ninety degree angle all all the time. Yikes! Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I have a yeah. name, Kent. Ooh, what's the name? Wait, I don't think we should do the name yet. I think we should let let you you build yours a little bit. Uh, okay, you're blue balling me on the name here, but okay, right, <laughs> we, we can create more here. All, All right. right, 
Sam, are we sticking with our, our spooky school-related thing? I kind of do like the school-related thing. Okay. I, I like the idea. Okay, is this like a high school, a middle school, an elementary school? It has uh, to be like elementary or middle school. Yeah, okay. So I think I once your high schoolers, that. teenagers don't scare that easy. They're no, too busy totally. like getting high and having sex. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean like yeah. high school, you just take their phone away and like that's that's the epitome <laughs> of fear. Exactly. So you have to take exactly. care of like those younger kids, the corruptible yeah. ones yeah. who are yeah. afraid of getting cooked and eaten. That's a really good point. So, okay, what... What is like a thing you could do that would, you know, that, that what, what is like a transgression that a, a, high, a elementary school kid could commit that would cause you to be punished by this nasty lunch lady? So I feel like it's very common for kids of that age to still be very like picky, like picky eaters. Ooh, so okay. I think maybe like kids who like. They're not part of the clean plate club. They don't yes, clear their plate. Exactly. Like yeah. picky eaters, kids with weird requests, kids who like waste a lot of food. <laughs> They're going to be the ones who are targeted by this thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The more food you leave on your plate, the longer you stay in the in the boiler. Yeah. Or whatever. See, now I'm Ooh. having more like inspiration from um, like some of the uh, if we think about like Freddy Krueger and like Friday the Thirteenth and stuff like that, yeah. because he was supposed to be a janitor at a at a school, Was he? wasn't he? Maybe. At least, okay, so in the in the remake they did, which if you're an authentic horror fan and you're killing yourself right now because I'm mentioning this, I'm sorry. But in the remake, he was like a, a kind of like pedophile who like grabbed a bunch of kids and Ooh. like brought them down to the basement and it was really creepy and then the school burned down and that's why he's all burned up. I don't know if that's <laughs> what from the original thing. Um, uh... <laughs> not that we want to bring any sort of pedophilia into this and we'll, we'll leave that out of it, but like I'm thinking of definitely like more kind of scary boiler room stuff. Um, but... Yeah. Take it away from me, Sam. I'm getting creepy. <laughs> no, I, I think this is fine. I mean, you know, we're talking about pedophiles again. No. You're always bringing pedophiles into the show. No. I don't think it's ever happened before. Uh, Good. No, I, I, I like the idea of just a, a lunch lady that's always saying, you know, if you don't eat all your food, it's it's going to go to waste. There's starving children around the world or whatever who's always, you know, just sitting there with a ruler to hit you on the on the, on the the back of the shins. But instead of a ruler, it's a huge boiler that she sticks you in. So all the kids are scared that if you don't eat all your food, you'll end up in the in the boiler. Yeah, so I feel like. It, go ahead. Is it a is it against the rules to interject into your thing a little bit? No, please, please, do. please do. We would love that. Yeah, we need tell us what here. you've got. Okay, so what if the lunch lady, this this creepy yeah. demonic or whatever lunch lady, yeah, yeah, is she kids like that are wasting, business? yeah, kids that are wasting their food begin to waste away themselves oh Ooh, oh i like that yeah interesting so no matter you know what they do after school they eat a lot of snickers or kit kats or whatever uh hit us hit you know hit world forge up for that sponsorship deal snickers <laughs> and kit kats <laughs> yes. um, hell yeah please do you know no matter what they they waste away because in school under the eyes of this whatever soup you know whatever this um lunch lady they're wasting food so they should be their sufferances they have to kind of slowly waste away so maybe she's like a, a like a harbinger of famine you know like what of, of the horsemen of the apocalypse like she is has the power to say well you didn't eat your food you don't deserve sustenance and she'll point her long gnarly finger at you and you waste away to skin and bone yeah yeah. That's also bringing to mind, I feel like, because normally I think in fables when there's the idea of anybody like some sort of enemy cooking someone up, it's they usually want them to be fat and juicy like the witch in the like gingerbread house or whatever. Yes. But yeah. so here, if I'm thinking if her curse against these these spoiled children is to make them waste away and kind of become these 
like starved little things. I think she, her goal must be then to collect their bones and make sort of like a soup out Stock. of that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah she, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like their bones. Or she's will... in the jerky business. Yes. She, well, she might be in the jerky business. That's true. <laughs> no, definitely. I think she definitely uses like their bones for her soups and everything. So I love, like child jerky. <laughs> <laughs> little little kid jerky. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Also, okay. I think it's uh I'm I'm gonna say it's a requirement that this woman uh definitely has like one like foggy, like blind eye. It's like totally oh, yeah. white. She's got like one nasty glass eye, basically. That's like all messed no, it, up. No, it's just like a weird just, dead eye. Like, yeah. Dead eye? Okay. Absolutely. So all the kids automatically would see her and be like, oh my god, that's a yeah, that's a horrifying a, witch. A terrifying presence. Yeah. I guess so I guess my question to you guys, Tim and Kent, would you rather be turned into jerky? or turned into a stock um (laughs) um i mean i love jerky so maybe jerky (laughs) because then i know some other jerky loving person would (laughs) at least enjoy my death i like that it's so selfless of you probably Uh, yeah your your eternal pain and suffering can bring someone else joy fair Mm -hmm. that's far more altruistic than i was going to be with mine (laughs) <laughs> I was going more with the practicality. Like you could do a lot more with stock. I mean, there's a lot of different recipes that call for it. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> is it that one person experiences intense joy from your suffering, or many people can experience slight joy from your suffering? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, I like that. Okay, I, well, let's. Oh, well, sorry. What was that, Piper? Oh, I was just gonna say I'm definitely leaning towards soup myself, soup. making a, a good old stock out of child bones. Cool. I like that. Okay, but so what? What is the name? of your messy mess monster <laughs> uh tim i feel like this is all you <laughs> uh yeah i think the urban legend the name that it's been given by parents is exacto man exacto man Ooh. i like it and i think Cause... i think it's definitely because of you know the the uh, you know the specific and and very like precise way that it will dissect yeah. you if you Oof. Don't with, clean up with, your mess. With an exact yeah, I mean, mess. everything should be exactly in its place, exactly yes. as it belongs. Or it will exact its revenge on you. Exactly. Right, which, which, which that revenge, <laughs> I, I, okay. I have an idea of, 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 of what poor little children will endure, you know, if the exacto man is not pleased with the, uh, you know, uh, current <laughs> status of your room. Tell us. I, I love it. What is it? I I feel like you leave a mess in your room. Your little toy Godzilla is on the floor. Your underwear's on, not in the basket. You know you got a you got a cup of three day old milk just going sour on, on your bedstand. So late in the that's night, that's what creeps everyone out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm also just picturing Buffalo Bill being like it puts its underwear in the basket. <laughs> So late at night, you know, you start to notice this blue glow from your corner, and Exacto Man steps a big long ass leg out of it. Ew, second oof. big long ass leg Back out of it. Back on the legs. Oof. Two two long ass arms and pulls himself out of this corner. Oh my god! And I think it's scarier if it's hard for Exacto Man to do it. Oh, yeah. So yes. he struggles a bit. And you're sitting here terrified in your bed, your, your little 11-year-old self, <laughs> staring at this creature that is pulling themselves out. And they pull themselves out, and they're prim and proper, 
everything's impeccable. Like their dress is impeccable. Their hair is impeccable. And they walk over and they say something. I'm not good at catchphrases. So if Tim, if you got something, you know, uh, they say it and then they begin to fold you up into a nice little square and they put you in your drawer where you fit perfectly alongside all of your stuff because you're folded you're a mess you make messes so he folds you up and puts you away where you should be and your parents i i think it's catchphrase inappropriate i think it's catchphrase kent is a uh a place for everything and everything in its place. Yes! yes. Oh yes. my god! Oh, that's so great. That is fucking your, awesome. Your poor parents come in the next morning. They think you're in the bathroom <laughs> getting ready. They open your drawer to get your underwear out. And no, there you are, bloody and folded up <laughs> like a piece of, piece of clothing. Like a piece of underwear. <laughs> I'm obsessed yeah. with this. Okay, the only thing I think this is missing is that if this was like a story within the book of like scary stories to tell in the dark, it's while Exacto Man folds you into this perfect shape, it would definitely describe like the cracking of your bones. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. As in, you in like reach detail, this yeah. like perfect shape that he's folded you in. I, I also yeah. want to say like, so my, my best friend, his name is Zach, and he hates words that contain his name like exactly. Words. <laughs> I think he just had a stroke while listening to this section here. <laughs> I think the one important piece we're missing this from all urban legends, uh, and we can come back to this, is who is Exacto Man? Who is he? What yeah. mistake did they make to have this horrible fate of folding up children? Did he make the original mess? Is that it, maybe? No, I think this sounds like more like one of these like old, like... Um, kind of almost pilgrim era like spooky school teacher yeah. kind of types somebody who is always like so precise about things i don't know that's yeah, kind of what they, i'm they, picturing like they fell like into like um like they worked at like like maybe after being a school teacher they i don't know some reason some reason they were kicked out of the schools like they were too harsh or something and landed a job at like a a factory where they make like clothes and like they fell into like the press or something you oh, know that, yeah. that, that, that would be kind of cool they became Ooh, or, like the, or, the perfect right angle or the perfect flat thing that could be filed away to, to build on that it would it could it could it have been the like like the you know like the salesman back in the day would come into a town no one knew them they they didn't know any and they would you know this is like a like a haberdashery kind of like selling pocket squares and things like that and our, our was completely rejected and back to the uh, haberdashery uh, yeah <laughs> bowler cap definitely a bowler cap on <laughs> yeah no definitely that's also like bringing to mind sort of like the horrifying images of like the charlie and the chocolate factory situation of all these kids like following into falling into weird machinery and getting like stretched like taffy or something like definitely that sounds very spooky and and right for that kind of setting so so it's kind of like the hairy leg like on the surface it's really goofy this hairy leg jumping down the road chasing you this person, this this man is folding people up. Like that's that's goofy on the surface. Folding up your like clothing, you know, like but when you think about it, like what goes into folding someone into like a perfect like little <laughs> thing? Like yeah. the agony that that must in that that must entail. Is, no, that, that's know. true. Okay, look, all of our listeners right now, 
get up off of your couches, out of your computer chairs. Go check your corners. Go, go, if you're listening in the car, go park uh, your car on the side of the road. Get out of the car, sit on the ground, try and fold yourself in half just once, mm-hmm. right? And see what happens. Can't do you it. Know? Now, yeah, it's not going to feel good at all. No, it's not going to feel good in any way at all. <laughs> yeah, I bet you can't it, even touch. I mean, your except toes, for your one, it, for for like your one contortionist. And she's like, "Fuck you guys! I do yeah, this every yeah. day." It's like I'm always a pocket square. Thank exactly, you very much. Exactly. All of our other listeners are like, "Oh, I'm dying!" Like, yeah. So, uh, so I had a quick thought. Yeah. You, you know how you know how urban legends change. You know they they adapt over time, oh, yes. and kids have cell yeah. phones now. And so so I think the I think that <laughs> the exacto man in modern day has has evolved a little bit to where when they tell about his origins, it's that he was like an Abercrombie and Finch employee who was just like <laughs> could not get the shirts right. Or, or no one yes. could get him as right as them, and oh and they just had it and got fired, and so now they're. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, he was forced to fold so many clothes that it became. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's incredible. And he smells like Axe body spray. It's <laughs> what you know when he's here because you can smell. Oh, that adds oh, a whole new is, level of horror. Oh my god! <laughs> then you would know that, that you he's s- present. You yeah. smell the, when the yeah. smell increases. You know that it's coming before somebody, the blue light. Did, did somebody? smash a can of axe body spray with a hammer what is that smell what is it oh my god <laughs> it's the folder <laughs> i feel like we this also episode was also sponsored by axe body spray yes, yes. of course oh, man. um sam i feel like we also need to come up with a kind of like origin situation i think we do like uh, why does this evil lunch lady like starve kids put her curse on children and then use their bones for soup like what's what's her situation what, maybe she you know maybe she was cursed that She's forced to make food for children, but she can never be, she can never eat herself. Like she's, she's never like fulfilled with food. She will, she will eat and eat and eat and never be sated. Who cursed this lady? I don't know. A witch? <laughs> I thought she herself was An- a witch. Another lunch she lady. She seems quite witchy already. <laughs> the, um, no, you, no, you know what it is? Maybe she made a bad lunch for the children and she was cursed by the, the goddess of lunch ladies. Uh, to to never be able to fill her tummy with uh, good lunch food. All right, I'm I'm not I'm not taking that one. <laughs> Gotta be honest. <laughs> there's no goddess of lunch ladies. Maybe there well, there's is. There's a wait, real quick, real quick. There's a lot of really odd and specific gods and goddesses in Greek mythology. That is exactly. I'm true. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there could be one. There is definitely a goddess of lunch ladies. Oh, oh Piper. Oh, ye of little faith. I am of very little faith on this one. I think you have a lunch lady curse coming your way pretty soon if you don't believe in the lunch lady goddess. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, this lady probably, I think, more along the lines that, like, she was somebody who herself has seen a lot of, like, starvation and, like, suffering. And, like, maybe, like, she's ridiculously old. um, And, like, no, but, like, what if she was, like, from, like, the time of, like, the Great Depression or the Dust Bowl era or something? And so she, like, came from a time of, like, that sort of suffering or whatever. Oh, and now it's offensive to her when kids are like, I don't need this food. And she's like, back in my day, if you didn't eat your bologna and ketchup sandwiches, you'd get thrown out into the the cold. I think that's part of a good urban legend is that, like, so, like, if this story was told, like, today or, like, even, like, the early 2000s or the 90s, like, the story would still be, like, oh, like, when she was, like, young, she was, like, from, like, this time period. And people would think, and they'd be like, wait a minute, that was, like, a really long time ago. She yeah, shouldn't be that old. Anymore. And then it's on? like, no, but that's what's freaky about it is that she's still here. She's, yeah. like, that ancient it's, or whatever. And, you know, if you ask your parents, like, 
Yeah, my lunch lady's name was Karen. That's so weird. And like yeah. to the kids, like she's like in real life, she's like forty or something. Yeah, but they're yeah, like, yeah. she's ancient. But she's yeah, so she's old. Age, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, relative to their age, they think she, she's eternal. Yeah, yeah. So that I I kind of like that idea that this is all just a mythology these children have built up. Right. None, maybe none of this is real. There's nothing weird and spooky and magical about her. This is just the story they've attached to her because they think she's just kind of, she has like a, a blister on her face. And, and they like, think she's like a spooky, one, like, nasty lady. Yeah. Di- she actually has like a dead eye. And <laughs> yeah. so they, they, they've made this legend around her. Exactly. Well, that's kind of like the same situation that like, I mean, that's where like so many, I think of our like urban, like, um, legends come from or like modern urban legends yeah. come from is it just like kids get scared by something yeah, that looks yeah, weird a thing you can't really explain and they make something weird out of it i mean it's classic sandlot they told that horrifying story of the giant dog who like yeah. would have to be locked in that guy's house forever yeah, and, and it was horrifying kids are just fucking stupid. but it was just a yeah. saint bernard in an old man's yard <laughs> like but they made this something horrible yeah and it's like how happy would you be to Stroll into somebody's yard and see a St. Bernard. I mean, great. Hang out with the dog. That guy, that dog did bark a lot. He, he did, did seem kind of scary. True. He was kind of a bad dog, but, yeah, but it could have been worse. So I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards the thing that maybe she's not actually this horrible thing, but this is just the story that is told. So there is no lunch lady god, goddess. I, I don't pray to her. You can if you want to. <laughs> Veto. Veto. <laughs> All lunch ladies pray to a higher power. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's that fine. I think that kids could kids could also kind of you know you always have the kids that are like no there's no way she can't be that old and she would have been blah blah and then the other one says well it's it's actually more of a title. Oh, and totally. she passed the ladle from the last one oh, to yeah. this or, next one. Or maybe and when one she donned them. the hairnet. Yeah, the <laughs> Oh my the god, yes. Yeah, the, 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 the black polyester crown that she wears. Or maybe one of them is like, well, my older sister went to school here. She graduated five years ago and right? she had the same lunch lady. No, so, exactly. You know, she's clearly been here. Five years is like forever, you guys. Okay, here's a scene, though, that just came to my mind of you talking about how, like, passing the the gauntlet or whatever i imagine like a bunch of like fifth grade like boys or whatever and they're talking about these legends of these stories and they see this like super hot like 20 year old or whatever like walk into school and they're like what's that lady doing here uh, like she must be here for like an interview maybe she's a new teacher and the next day there's like a horrifying old lunch lady and they just assume that that lady got turned into like oh this God. old hag like evil lunch lady magic yeah right but it's t- something totally unrelated. I also really like you You say, like, the gauntlet, where a, a lunch lady gauntlet is just a thin, clear plastic glove <laughs> that she wears. <laughs> yes. No, I, the, mean, there, I mean, if no. it's a movie, there's totally that scene where everybody's talking about it. It's, it's a big rumor and everybody laughs it off. But then you're, you know, your main kid, like, stumbles into the back lunchroom, you know, and witnesses some <laughs> horrific, like, yeah, ritual going on, the passing mm-hmm. of the ladle or something. Yeah. Or cutting baloney yes <laughs> it's just a it's a circle of a circle of uh of lunch ladies summoning something okay yes. here's here's what i want to know what is so let's assume for a moment that uh, a 
you know, like a sexy 20 year old lady came into apply for a lunch lady position and turned into an old lady the next day. What is her like magical girl transformation? Like, what is it like when this lady walks in and she has this like anime sailor moon, like, Oh, I don my, what, what are the accoutrement of a magical lunch lady? Lunch lady. She has oh her, her black hairnet of evil, her like clear plastic gloves of power, well, her apron of solitude. I think when she, when she buttons up her smock, like as soon as she buttons, the top button like her neck like goes womp <laughs> like just kind of like flops out and like just gets like old and, yeah. and grizzly all of her weird old flesh just explodes out of her oh apron we're, like, we're laughing about this but right now michael bay is listening to it and he's he's calling he's got he's got megan fox on speed dial and he's like yes, we've got exactly. our next film oh my god exactly. megan fox is gonna do uh she's gonna do a christian bale and gain five thousand pounds for this role oh boy <laughs> The, the sexy lunch lady that turns into an old nasty lady. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I think we've just—you've just created an, another movie. I'm not going to watch. Oh my god! And I can—I can just. <laughs> I was with you up until then. <laughs> oh no! I can just imagine all of the Michael Bay like rotating, panning shots, like dramatically yeah. <laughs> spinning around this lady. <laughs> See, I think a definite well, American flag waves in the background. A definite part of this has to be like like pulling up some spanks and just like be like snap. <laughs> just like those guys like pull on. That's incredible. Perfect. Oh man. Boy. We, okay. Should we throw some modifiers into the mix here? Do we feel like we need to just fuck up these creations? Let's or? do like one modifier Let, for everybody. Let's do okay. So and if a wrench comes up, you throw it out. We're we not doing that, that anymore. We throw a wrench in the wrench. So okay, this is the stage of the show that uh, you, our esteemed guests, who are clearly our biggest fans, understand uh, intimately, but that our any new listeners might need a uh, an explanation of. This is the point of the show where we uh, spin. A wheel, the, the wheel o modifiers, mm-hmm. and we find some interesting ways to just just fuck up these amazing creations that we've built. So we're going to spin one wheel here together, and we're going to see how we have to change these. Oh, there's so many ads in this. I was going to say, it's taking you forever app. to spin this goddamn uh, <laughs> wheel. <laughs> we're going to spin a wheel, and we're going to see what we have to do to change After our After these messages. Here. Yeah, 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 after a message Seriously. from our sponsors, which are what? Snickers yeah, and... Uh, Casper Mattress. And Casper Mattress. What was our other sponsor? Do you have some shavers? We, we're not Axe, sponsored Axe by these guys. Spray. Axe Body Spray. That was it. It was Axe Body Spray, uh, <laughs> Snickers, and of course, Casper Mattress. Lunch Lady Spanks. Um, Do you need them? Probably. <laughs> Slap them <Yes>. on. <laughs> Blue Apron would be the perfect uh, uh, sponsor for this episode. Okay. It should be gray apron. Like an old lady apron, right? Sure. Uh, we got, I think, our favorite... Uh, is it telenovela telenovela yes so what that means is that we each have to come up with a weird uh soap opera twist opera twist to our characters yeah we have to have a tragic amnesia backstory or something like that or the lunch lady's like her love is actually her sister her brother oh no the, the one who cursed her to be a lunch lady for all of eternity was actually her father the whole time so what is what is your I don't even remember what you created. It's been so long. It's the corner. It's a uh, our our Exacto Man. Yes, Exacto Man. What is Exacto Man's? What is weird your soap opera twist? Soap opera secret. Tim, you got anything? <laughs> uh, well, I think I think uh, oh, I'm I'm not very good. Okay, so let, let's say this, and Kent, you could veto it, and we'll we'll force them to edit it out. Um, I think I think as as Exacto Man is folding 
is doing doing the, the the dirty work of exacto man the door opens and i think exacto mom enters <laughs> and gasps oh my god clutching her pearls and realizes that exacto man is actually the child's father <gasps> oh, oh yes oh. that is amazing i also love and then escondolo the from Exacto Man to Exacto Mom is incredible. Like, That's so good. <laughs> That's great. Like crossover branding opportunity. I mean, like <laughs> if you ever are ever visited by Exacto Man and Exacto Mom in the same night. That's horrifying. You're going to get off lucky because the two of them are going to argue about yeah. how to properly fold you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my the kid, the kid just The kid just picks up their pillow and blanket and walks into the living room and pops on the couch and they're fine. I mean, act- that's Actually, perfect. now that I think about it, it's probably horrifying because Exacto Man will fold you, Exacto Mom will unfold you and show Exacto Man the proper <laughs> this, way to do This it. is the way you and should then be she'll, <laughs> Then she'll unfold you and make Exacto Man try it to do the proper way. Haven't you ever folded a fitted sheet before? It's then that you, five-year-old self, look down at your hands and you're like, I have always been obsessed with cleanliness and tidiness. This is where it comes from. Oh my god. Thus, the birth of Exacto Kid. Exacto Kid. I love. I love this new like Exacto family that is emerging from this. The 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 whole Exacto family of products that are now. We do have merchandise coming soon, Kent. I'm I'm working on the that right now. Um, I have an artist lined up. Go to our Teespring, uh, uh, T T Public Teespring uh, website and buy our Exacto family (laughs) branded T-shirt. It's it's actually the very first thing that we're going to release is going to be one of those decals on the back of cars where it's our our Exacto family doesn't give a shit about your honor student <laughs> and it just shows them folding an honor student up oh my god <laughs> we, oh my we can have those 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 cool little like folding stuff that retail stores have that says like do it right or die you know <laughs> the family that folds together molds together well, yeah we are one. <laughs> exactly i want some exacto family branded truck nuts that's what i want oh my god <laughs> See, I'm still fixated they're, they're on, immaculate. on the idea. I mean, they're just, they're they're just squares, right? You know? Yes, yeah, they're just square, just cube truck cubes. Oh my god, I'm still like st- stuck on on the idea that um, the whole reveal that like your mom opens the door and she's like, "Exacto, man, is your father." The idea that this is just a human woman who decided to do it with Exacto, man. <laughs> That's my like what I'm still sticking to. Yeah. Like she like saw this freak crawl out of his corner, and she's like, "Yo, you want to get it on?" And he's like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> sure. Well, well, I know this is probably for another episode, uh, but there is a backstory to Exacto Man, and that's when he fell in love because he walked into a papyrus and saw the woman working there, folding all of these paper, these fine, these beautiful little like, and, and th- there was love at first, you know, fold. Love oh my first. god! That's the name of their memoir. I love that you just like dropped papyrus as like a brand. It's so good. It's so good. You you are all about the like brand crossovers today. The Abercrombie and Fitch uh, former employee, the papyrus former employee. Oh. Like next, it's gonna See, be. Like, I, I'm not. I don't edit these things. Like like Kent is our is like the producer, and so yeah. like I don't have to. Wo- I just throw all this stuff out there, and then he's like dealing with the legal impl- implications like, of yeah. my madness. <laughs> <laughs> Let me call my lawyer really quick. <laughs> okay, so Good I think, IP lawyer. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got one for ours, Sam. Okay, what is ours? Go um, on, Okay, so, because I've been picturing this as sort of like a, like, a Goonies, a Sandlot sort of situation, like these kids all, had, like, spreading these rumors about, like, the spooky lady, yes, right? Yeah. I think, because they've taken the love angle, we have to do the Amisha angle, which is the other classic sort of, like, yes, of soap course, opera twist. Of course. Every good soap opera has a forgotten identity. Yeah, so I think what has to happen is that these kids, they have, like, sort of this, like, big, like, encounter against this, like, evil lunch lady okay. witch it's like spooky an it, thing. an it type in, right. encounter where they all beat him up with a bat. Well, yeah. the way that it ends is that she, like, like loses her memory that she is this horrible person, and now they have this, like, spooky lunch lady witch that somebody's just got, like, in their backyard or in their, their attic, and they're like, dude, but I've trained her, and she now she's, like, our buddy, <laughs> and she's gonna do whatever I want. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's kind of it. it she's it's... forgotten her evil cause, and now she's just a spooky or old it's, lady. It's the end of uh, Shaun of the Dead when... Uh, she's just Nick, pulling Nick, Nick shopping Frost carts. Tur- <laughs> no, when, when Nick Frost turns into a zombie, and they just keep him in the shed, because yeah. he's like, well, he's still kind of my best friend. I want to, you know, we're kind of used to having this lady, lunch lady around. Exactly. <laughs> or, or maybe, no, maybe the kids fight the lunch lady. She loses her memories, and then the next school year, they get a new substitute teacher. It's the lunch lady. She has no memory of being a lunch lady. <gasps> so Where now she she's still <laughs> evil and wants to make soups, but she's a teacher? She just, I think she just, she's like the new home ec teacher. So okay. she's like oh. teaching all the kids about making soup and she's- Now she's no teaching memory. them how to cook other kids. Yes. Dang. Exactly. Sweet. Okay, oh, I'm into it. a cult. Yeah, and she's like, sweet, our first thing that we're going to learn how to cook is a nice hearty broth. Yes, Bubba. exactly. And that's that's how it cut. You know, the credits, it's the 80s, like, freeze frame on the last shot of the movie. Except sure. instead of Rocky jumping up and high-fiving Carl Weathers, it's freeze framing <laughs> on a kid just going, <gasps> yeah. you know, it's freeze framing on Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin doing his Home Alone face, like, gasping because now I have to cook all my friends into a hearty broth. What whoa. whoa. <laughs> oh, you guys got child Macaulay Culkin for years? That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of a ringer. That's cheating. Yeah, a yeah that, that was a pretty big gift for us, I think. <laughs> Sorry about that. Dibs called it. All right, we're gonna get Chris. We're gonna get Crispin Glover for Exacto Man. Oh, oh my yeah. god, Crispin Glover would be the perfect Exacto. He exact really man. would. Yeah, that really, really, really would be good. Good yeah. call, guys. It's your density to have him as Aww. your. <laughs> uh, I think. I think this is great, you guys. I'm really happy with what we've done here. (laughs) I think this is a really, really solid way to just, you know, end these characters uh, and pass it on to our listeners to say, hey, what type of fan fiction or fan uh, art or fan mail can you? Fan horror stories. Fan horror stories. Can you send us based on these creations? We'd love to see what you do with uh, a weird spooky lunch lady or a weird man or mom. Or a kid who folds people into a million tiny folds. Uh, I, I think there's fertile ground for you to sow the seeds of fan fiction here. I think Exacto Man <laughs> has like legitimate stakes here. He seems I agree. he seems legit to me. That's very creepy. You Exacto guys did good. Man is the new Babadook. You done good. Yeah, well done, you guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, <No>, thank you. <laughs> and I, and I think that brings us to a good point to. Just hop on over to the rec room, mm-hmm. uh, the segment of the show where we make some recommendations for other cool store uh, resources out there for yeah. uh, you know to inspire you to create more to help you be better 
DMs or storytellers. And what we kind of want to talk about here, Piper, I'll kick this over. Thank you. To you, I think. Yeah. Um, So we were kind of discussing this um, before we started the show. uh, But what I want to recommend and what we both kind of recommend for this one, if you're looking for a cool way to like have like a spooky situation in the modern day, I mean... Almost now it feels sort of played out, but the origins of Slenderman himself, our generation's kind of like spooky guy, comes from uh, a YouTube channel, uh, Marble Hornets. Marble Hornets, yes. Which, um, when that was first coming about, a friend of mine who's really into horror and stuff, um, Shannon, actually, who was on the show with us earlier, she was the one who sat me down. She's like, okay, you have to watch these videos because the way they play out, it's actually really spooky if you like kind of follow it the way that it's kind of designed. And it is. It yeah. it's very effective. Um, the way that they kind of created these like found footage tape situation on YouTube without yeah. it being sort of played out, they kind of added a freshness to it. I, I think it did a good job of sort of taking the foundations that things like the Blair Witch found and mm-hmm. said, let's kind of move this into a modern era. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it it's adapting that that format to a youtube audience and it, well, they it were, plays into there are multiple channels multiple youtube channels yeah that kind of they were very clever with the interacted. medium yeah I, I think it's really cool and it's sort of a a hallmark of what i think we could call kind of modern urban myth or modern folklore that, absolutely you know, the, the the slender man is something we all can sort of say we've heard of and these stories kind of permeate uh a lot of kind of spheres of internet culture yeah in a lot of ways i I think that's a cool twist on the genre and a cool way of sort of utilizing that format Mm -hmm. Uh, marble hornets on youtube and also the arc was the yes the separate channel that came about that kind of added to the spookiness in rival to that and i don't know if marble hornets is still going i I have to assume it's all concluded yeah but last i looked at this there were like 150 episodes of this if you want to go see a cool example of you know, finding a way to use this format in in kind of a new and exciting and interesting way. Mm-hmm. Uh, go and check out some of their stuff. There's a it, the at least at the early stages of it, there was some yeah. really really cool material there. Watch it from the beginning. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Do you guys have any oh, yeah. recommendations? Terrifying stuff. I mean, oh. at, at times, like uh, especially on the medium of YouTube, like legitimately terrifying stuff that that sticks with you. Yeah. I was surprised by that because when my friend first showed it to me, I was like, yeah, whatever. It's YouTube. But we were watching it like three in the morning. She hyped it up real good. And the fact that like they had the separate channel thing where like they would like Marble Hornets would like post a video that had no sound. And like in the caption, it would be like, weird, the audio is not working, but whatever. Just watch the video. And then the arc channel would post a video that was just the stolen audio from that. It was so good how it like, yeah, how it played off of each other. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think a, a great utilization of that that found footage format. Yeah, uh, and anything you guys would say our listeners should go check out as a cool source of inspiration, or you know any any other urban myths that you want to talk about or folklore tales. Um, so it's hard for me to talk horrors as related horror stuff as related to RPGs without mentioning Bluebeard's Bride, which I mean is from like an old old like fairy tale of sorts. Fairy tale is probably not right, but um, Bluebeard's Bride, the role playing game from Magpie Games, is designed by. Um, I should have grabbed my book. Um, Whit, uh, the Strix, which is with Whitney Beltran, Sarah. Dang it! Um, can y'all wait a second? I well, want to credit these people. We, correctly. we can also get some links in the show notes here for sure okay, yeah. uh, if we need to right. for for anybody that is the 
author of these works. Uh, we'll make sure that we yeah. can have adequate links to all these people. Okay. But yeah, Bluebeard's Bride is seriously the scariest role-playing game I've played. I will say, if you're going to play this game, um, it, it deals with feminine horror. So it's really mm-hmm. like like horror of being a woman. So there's a lot of uh, content warning. There's a lot of like sexual stuff and just... I mean, it really takes a look at like what it's like to be a woman, which is something I know absolutely nothing about. But the game <laughs> presents it in a way; it's it's terrifying. I ran it on the show once. I don't know that a white male, straight white male, is the best person to run this game, but it is truly the scariest game I've ever encountered. But you know, just the stuff that it could get into. Maybe not the best person to run the game, but I think a person that should experience that game, right? I, I think that yeah. seems like a really a really cool way to give someone perspective onto another experience. And, and I, you know, we've talked about this in the show before that I think role-playing games can be sort of an outlet for us to explore other perspectives and other identities and to sort of see things that we don't get to see in our, in our regular lives. And uh, I think it's important to challenge ourselves and to, you know, look to, uh, you know, other types of systems and, and, you know, to play characters that are out of our comfort zone, I, I think can really help us to see things that are uh, sort of a way of expanding our own horizons and our own perspectives. I think that's an awesome recommendation. I, I would recommend yeah. anyone and I, listening to go check I've it never, out. I've never played the game, but having having read it and listened to both Kent and I think One Shot did one, um, James D'Amato and, and the One Shot crew did it. James D'Amato, um, friend of the show. It, yeah. Yeah, friend of the show. Um, that was my first episode that I listened to from you guys. Um, but one of the one of the cool like kind of feels, I guess, that it gives is like you know how those there's there's stories like sleep not sleeping beauty uh, beauty and the beast where mm-hmm. the woman goes into this place and she's out of her element and there's things that she uncovers during the the course of the whole thing. Um, it, it's that it's that kind of level where it's like it it explores it from their perspective. And oh, unfolds yeah. from like from that. their perspective, so it's kind of. But but I, it, it's it's utterly horrifying and not a genre I can unfortunately <laughs> step into. Awesome. I mean, it's a great, it's a well written game. It's got fantastic art. You know, it's it's definitely worth picking up and reading. I mean, considering you know what you're going into with it, you know, don't walk into it expecting zombies or something and be hit with like like strong feminine like horror. Yeah. You know, cool. or, or, just, or huggable hedgehogs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Research it first, and then dive in if you feel comfortable diving in. But Sounds yeah, I can't, cool. I can't, yeah, I can't talk horror and role playing games without highly recommending that game. And, that, and that's Bluebeard's Bride, right from Magpie Games. Awesome, from awesome. Games. And then I, I don't have anything useful to contribute to this <laughs> this part of the show. Uh, so I mean, I, I could do a shameless plug. <laughs> is that is yeah. that it, it, honestly? If both of you want to plug yourselves, where where can people find more of uh, both you guys or, or anything that you're working on here? What do you, what would you want to plug? Well, what I what I would suggest uh, anybody who is interested in role playing games and the horror genre, the Role to Play Network right now is in Horror Month, and we've released uh, uh, the first of the games. Although technically, the game that we released before that one was also horror based. But uh, if you go to roletoplaynetwork.com, dot uh, com, you'll see the last two games on the Role to Play podcast were uh, Jiang Shi Blood in the Banquet Hall, which is about a uh, family of Chinese immigrants 
coming to Canada and encountering uh, the Jingxi, which are hopping vampires, and they're horrifying. Hop- hopping um, vampires. But we, we, yeah, we build a. The game is by Banana Chan and Sen Fung Lim. It's a playtest. But the the family that we build in the first portion of the game, like the world building portion, is just amazing, and it, it it's a ton of fun to play. Um, but it it. it plays out over a couple of episodes, but it's worth listening to. It's a great system and a great game. And then we just released Chains, Hollywood House of Horrors, uh, where a group of uh, teenagers on a trip to Hollywood, uh, Universal Studios, uh, enter a house of horrors, and it is not what they expected. And it is... I get freaked out. If it was if it was a stream, because I'm playing in it, if it was a stream, you would actually see my face and what it looks like when I get scared. <laughs> <laughs> and the people scaring me were the other players. So that's <laughs> awesome. Like the game, the game is it's a little light lighthearted. You know, there's definitely some jokes and stuff in it, but there are legitimate moments when I was editing that had me like like chills run down my spine. That's, that's so awesome. cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, so cha- cha- check out Chains and Jiangshi on the World of Play Network. I love that. And, and it sounds like, uh, what, ca- Canadian Chinese immigrants? I mean, Pepper, that's your perfect example to tell a maple, a maple syrup-themed story after your time in Canada. So. Obviously, yes. <laughs> oh, and I feel like just as many times as you've said this, the phrase maple syrup, <laughs> Kent is probably say, thinking the same thing. We have a, a show on our network that Kent and I aren't involved in, but they're a part of our network. And it's um, game designers who do tabletop board games and role-playing games talking about design. It's actually called the Maple Syrup Show. Aw, <laughs> nice. And, and yeah, and it's it's like, you know, these like award-winning uh, uh, game designers <laughs> that are that are teaching you how to do game stuff and interviewing awesome game people. That, that we're um, but making yeah. a mockery of with our silly jokes. About no, no, no. It's perfect. It's just I, I kept th- I kept hearing you say it at the beginning. I'm like, do I say something? Nah. Yes, yes, you do. You do say something. <laughs> uh, no, I, this is like I mean a rec room for the ages. There's yeah. So many awesome recommendations here. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff. We'll make sure to have links to all of this in the show notes. Uh, anybody who wants to go check out any of this, we will make this uh, extremely accessible to any of you and uh, we really encourage you to go and look into all of this uh and piper i think on that note i'll pass it on to you to dip into the thank tank really yep. quick here who Gonna do we have to thank this just week? dip a toe into the thank tank and just say uh real quick thank you so much to uh z stones um who left us a five-star review yes. on um uh apple uh, thank you so much. That means everything to us. Um, yeah. Anybody who's left us a review or recommended us for Follow Friday on Twitter or just said anything nice about us, uh, we really appreciate it. It means everything. We really do. And and honestly, if you want to, you know, get on the show, we're happy to mention you if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> we'll yeah. Leave us a cool review. You know, if your review is just be like, yeah. hey, tell people to buy my weird toasters, um, then we'll tell you. Exactly. We'll tell people to buy your weird we will toasters. We you know? are shameless. We will advertise anyone if you lose a five-star review on, on apple Podcasts, exactly uh, so. i don't care about your your multi-level marketing scams like we'll buy into it if we get a good review on uh, apple Podcasts. uh so yeah, please we'll do it that is the way to our hearts go leave us a review reach out to us on twitter at worldforge pod on uh, at our gmail at worldforge pod at gmail.com uh and uh, of course listen to us anywhere that fine podcasts are provided to you on apple Podcasts or google play or spotify or anywhere um do you guys have any final thoughts on uh you know anything you want to add to this before we say sayonara to our listeners 
Um, I'd like to say, look over in the corner of your room. Yeah. You oh, see that sock yes. that's laying over there? <laughs> gonna want to pick. Gonna want to pick that shit up before you go to bed. <laughs> yeah. The- a place for everything. Oh and no! Everything no! In its oh, place. He's coming. I can see him coming right now. The Exacto Man. We should leave now. End the show. Ah! Bye, everyone. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> 